0: It take you to do that like from start to finish when did you come up with the idea and then when did you start doing
1: it well that's okay so nate are you recording yeah okay let me do let me do a little intro oh <laughs> uh what's up long players welcome back to the long play listening party we're back from summer break this is the show where we go deep on local music writing recording inspiration gear and whatever else sounds good to us we're getting warmed up for the summer and the fall with uh just the three of us hanging out. We're gonna we don't know what we're gonna talk about necessarily. Um we're no idea. No idea really, really no idea. <laughs> I mean, we can pick up Royce was uh think of your question again. You're about to ask me something. What we're talking about is a a project that I have coming out very soon called A Weirdest Beat Tape, uh, which is uh material some some original stuff and a bunch of remixes, um, that I did on the SP four Oh four. And I forgot your question.
0: Well, since, since COVID, I, I just struggle with timelines. And I remember you talking about, uh, doing remixes. And then it was like, all of a sudden, all these tracks were in, in, in the drive. So my question was, when did you originally come up with the idea to do it? Um, And then when did you actually start executing on it? And how long did that take for you to get to the finished product?
1: It's a little more like chaotic and accidental than that. So I got the 404. It was like. Fall kind of, I don't know, October, November of the first COVID year. So 2020, like a year and a half ago. Okay. I got the 404. Uh, Carrie Ann and I were just like, you know, let's this was like pre-vaccine. Right. So no one's going anywhere. Let's buy ourselves some toys with our stimulus money. She got a <laughs> Nintendo Switch, and nice. uh, has a has a just a tremendous, um, island Animal Crossing island. I got a SP four hundred four SX. Was, this is before the Mark II existed, before we knew about it, and I just started making music. I didn't know what I was gonna do. I just. I didn't know if I'd release anything I just wanted. I bought it because I wanted to learn how to listen for samples and how to listen and to and chop up samples. So I just thought that'd be a fun kind of ear training. And um, but, you know, you, uh, listeners know by now, when I get a piece of gear, I start making music with it like you do. I record what I do. I'm always recording. And so I just started piecing together tracks as I learned. That's how I learn, you know? So the, f- the very first thing, and you you will hear it on the beat tape, is Carrie Ann's little half cover of a Dessa song, um, which was just I was literally like just here, hear sing me whatever's in your head right now. So I have some material to play with. No intention of releasing it. The second thing then was the instrumental beat uh, chopping up one of Drew's Night Mode songs called Mass One. Put some drums, did a synth lead, did a Rhodes part. And actually, it ties back into the podcast, pardon me, because I played it for you guys. I don't think it's in a show, but I played that instrumental for you guys. And just in the course of like playing it for you, I was like... Oh, man, I kind of think, like, you could put some vocals on this, maybe. And I remember your reactions. You you were both like, oh, I, we don't quite see it that way. The tempo is real slow. The mix is strange. And so I went to my iTunes library looking for some vocals that I could... Edit in just to show you what I like, Fuck you guys I'm myself <laughs> and uh, I found the sounds good acapella for money, which was on a sounds good EP. I started editing it in, and I thought I'd just do a little bit, but it sounded kind of cool, and so I just I kept going and ended up, you know, using all the vocals. And uh you'll hear that on the E tape two. Uh, I hope. I gotta cross my fingers now. Uh, we haven't officially gotten the final official definitely go for it. Um so you'll at least hear the instrumental. I hope I hope you'll hear the vocal. And and then you started going from there. I did a remix for Corey. And uh, I did some Which what, which song? Uh Extra Version. Uh, so the original version of Extra Virgin is on Spotify right now. Uh, Artist name with his his beatmaker Mike is uh, Van Ripper and Galactifader. I'll link to it. Oh, Okay. 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 Yeah. So I thought you're I thought you were talking Corey Phillips. Oh no, Corey Kibler. I I could tell that's what you oh. were thinking. <laughs> Corey Kibler, my Corey. I would be interested in that. Yeah. So there's a full remix that will be coming out later on a different project. What will be on the beat tape is a half remix, which is it's the original beat chopped up into my arrangements and then processed with all the 404 effects, but it's still the original instrumental just reorganized.
0: Oh, I got you. And so you did to those at the same time. The one that's coming out on this other project and this one yeah, at the same time.
1: Kind of it's all I mean it's all mixed the history's all mixed together at this point. And I did some tracks on my own. Um and then I did the stick remix and uh, we did or, or even earlier, uh, Royce, you and I, we did the Christina Graves thing. Mm. Which also ties back to the podcast because that whole idea came from I was editing Christina Graves podcast show at 1.3 speed. I'm just bopping along, bopping along, bopping along with the edit. And all of a sudden I'm in the middle of the song today. And my ears go, wait, like this sounds really cool at 1.3 speed. (laughs) (laughs) So that became a song, you know, and I chopped it up and re-edited it and you did a verse on it. And so it just started. It's just all the tracks I made with the four hundred four. That's the theme.
0: Okay, I can't wait to hear that. Um, I think I heard it early on in the process. To be honest with you, I haven't heard it in so long. I like vaguely remember. I don't remember the verse or anything like that. So. Oh, um, so you approved it without even making
1: it to the.
0: Yeah. I'm just taking my time through the project, so it'll it'll be a nice jewel for me. Plus, you know, just to see how it fits and flows with everything um, within the record. So
1: yeah,
0: I'm I'm very excited. Thank you for that, too. And and man, when she told you, yes, I was like, wow, that was like a weight off. That was something I was like in the back of my head. I was like, well, maybe she heard it and didn't like it. It's just never going to happen. You know what I mean? So
1: no, I felt that way. About almost every track. I mean, with Approach, I felt a different kind of um, nervousness because that was the only one where I asked for the acapella. So he knew I was going to be doing something with it.
0: But. You slayed that. You slayed that. (laughs) Thank you. You did, (laughs) man. I heard that and I was like. Oh my god, it was just like a whole different vibe of that track that I've heard a thousand times, you know what I mean? Um, and I really, really like it. A lot. You know what I mean? Like, a lot. So, congratulations, man. You did your thing on that. Thank
1: you. That means a lot. Uh, I, You know, I have so much respect for him, and I've listened to so much of his music. I, I put a lot of pressure on myself to do something... That I wanted to do. I mean, I wanted to do something good, obviously, but I wanted to do something I didn't think he had heard before.
0: And your, you could your, drumming skills, came through on that track, because you put him in a pocket um, that I really enjoyed. Like I really enjoyed, and it was a different way um, to approach him. You know what I mean?
1: <laughs> right. I
0: went it into really
1: that. Was. And that was the thing that. That's why I picked. They Come at Night. Like, I I was going around, like, after I would um, listen to Merely Minutes in a Day, too, I would be like, replaying They Come at Night in my head, but tapping out... I mean, you know, as a drummer, I'm always, like, tapping on whatever, and I'd be tapping out that beat on my chest, or on the table, or whatever. So that's the thing. I had that going in, I had no idea what was going to happen with anything else, but I did, gotcha. have, I, I knew like, this is how I hear, this is the kick snare kind of pattern I hear to this vocal.
0: It was dope. Or it is dope.
1: <laughs> well, I didn't mean, now, <laughs> I didn't mean to spend, you know, 10 whole minutes talking about that, but yeah, so that's a, it's a big thing I've been up to. I don't know. What have you guys been up to during the, during the break? Hey, um, you've had lots of gigs, right? Yeah, tons.
2: Yeah, I've been playing quite a bit. Yeah.
1: <laughs> That's you sound tired. So interesting. It. <laughs> What's that? You sound tired. Yeah, no. I mean, it's 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 good. I mean,
2: it's weird. Uh, you know, it's like last year. They had all these, you know, you, you were wearing masks and showing your vaccine cards and stuff. And there, you know, case counts were lower, and it was it was cool. And then this year, it's like they dropped all that stuff, and like I've never, like more people that I know that never had COVID before have had it in the past, like month or two months. Then I can. Then, then the whole time, this has been going on. It's just crazy.
1: Wild West out there. But
2: I say, yeah. But I mean, it's. I think part of that is just getting out and and the open with you know, lots of people. You just gotta, you know, one of those things where you manage your own risk. Um, I'm going back to getting another boot to shot and soon as I can probably this month sometime but yeah I've got got more gigs coming up too um taking piano lessons from Eddie Moore that's super exciting that's that's been fantastic uh just uh gives you a new a renewed focus and kind of enthusiasm to practicing and 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 you don't feel like you're like oh I gotta go do this thing like you're excited to go kind of explore what he's kind of laid out like okay this week you want to focus on these extensions this pos- hand in this position here hand this position here these extensions go up and down you know. And it's, you just, it's more of an exploration than it is, um, you know, just strict, you know, and, you know, there's scale exercises with metronomes, but it's, it's like, hey, what scales do you think you need more, the most work with? And, and you make, he, he makes, you know, he's like, have fun with it. Don't, don't just. Robotic, we move up and down, you know, like do weird rhythms, that kind of stuff. So it, it's, and all that stuff is not, that's no, 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 so there's, those aren't secrets, but, you know, it, it's, um, it's good to have a mentor type of, uh, relationship. Um, it
0: sounds kind, of, kind of, go ahead, Royce. I was just gonna say, and probably um, having a level of accountability, um, yep. you know, adds to it. Because, like, like you said, it's not a secret; you could do it on your own. But yep. you know what I mean. So that's cool. Well, no,
2: it's just you know, I think it, it's uh,
0: it's a the good
2: way. I, I just have you know, everybody. I think, well, not everybody, but a lot of people have issues with giving themselves guardrails. And in this case, I think he's helping set those up for me. And so, you know, I sit down and practice. I don't practice too long. I don't feel like I'm burning myself out. You know, I, I'm pretty steadily every day, like sitting down and doing it, but it doesn't feel like I'm, you know, I've got to do it. It's just like, oh, let me go do this now. And I get it over with and move on, so.
1: It sounds like the, the the content or the agenda is he has kind of a framework, but then within that you have a lot of freedom to kind of say what you want to work on. Yep, exactly, man.
2: Uh, yeah. He, uh, I brought I brought the real book last week and told him there's a, a, a tune in there that I wanted to, and kind I of do a, uh, like a kind of chart study on, which is uh, like Someone in Love. Um, I can't remember the original composer, but the, the version I'm always thinking of is the Bjork version. Um, I think, was that on uh, debut? I think that was on debut.
1: Sounds right. I couldn't say off the top of my head. Okay. Well, anyway, uh, yeah.
2: And so, um, you know, his advice was like, do the root and learn the melody. So that's that's what I'm gonna do. Is play the root, learn the melody. He's like, once you learn the melody, like you can substitute. You know, whatever your you know down your your root chord, you can substitute w- what you're doing down there, as, and know where you are. When you're playing the melody and you know the melody in your head inside and out, so and that you know, I mean that I think that's it's that was the stuff I've I've been wanting to take for a while, is is getting into formal instruction again. So that that's been a big thing.
1: That's cool. Uh, I and mean, even with the even with just that melody kind of approach, you can use that in everything else that you do. Hmm.
2: Yep. Like a, um, some of the improvisation tips were, you know, play, play what the bass is playing, the root, and just improvise over, you know, kind of hear the chord changes in your head if you need to play through them so that you are, you know, can familiar, familiarize yourself with them more can do that but once you have the chord changes in the root just you know play in your right hand over I mean it, it seems like it's obvious advice but I mean it's very basic fundamental things that will in, incrementally make you um, better and and more I think in tune with with your instrument and then what's what's going around uh, on around you the you know what other instruments are doing so absolutely oh i'm and then i've just been busy with uh oh i did i'm doing a summer song challenge um katarina jay who we should have as not only a guest host but a guest herself um She's in a band called Interstate Drive, I believe they're called. But she does a whole lot of other stuff. She's very involved with in the music community. But she has a summer song challenge uh, the last two years on Facebook, and uh, it's a uh, May, June, July. So I got one. I got my song done for May. I didn't think I joined it just just to join it. I, I didn't think I'd, I'd get anything done, but I got May. I got May's song done. I started June. I started like pretty much right away. I'm gonna have uh, Mark Murtha, the, the pedal steel guitar player with Maria. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm gonna have him play acoustic, pedal steel, uh, regular guitar, and baritone. Just kind of, it's it's kind of a trip hop, porous-head-y type of song, um, uh, beat and vibe. I'm just gonna kind of have him take a pass with each instrument and then uh I'm collaborating with Kirsten and Mara on vocals so he should have his stuff to me in the next few days and then they're working on their vocals Kirsten I think she said she's working on hers tonight so hopefully you know sometime next week I'll be putting that together that'll come out on the 30th of June right (laughs) <laughs> and then July's track will come out on the thirty first of July. We you didn't say uh, your AC is
1: actually out on your bandcamp and it's great.
2: It is. It is, yes. I and I plan on um kind of cleaning that up a little bit and then that is also going to be track that I am doing with Kirsten in a project that is we have not really formally announced it. We will formally announce it probably in a couple of months. But got a lot of um, things going on um, under uh, under the belt, in the back pocket. We got something with Thoris going
1: on. The torso <laughs> area happenings.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that track yeah. lives uh, exclusively. So I have two questions for you. That track lives exclusively on Bandcamp, and. Um, that's one question, but the other one is, like, you've released tracks in the past, and then you've gone back and like cleaned them up and redid them. How do you re-release that? Um, I guess specifically, future
2: perspective. I think that's that made it uh, a little that 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 uh, created the bumps in the road that we had. Uh, when we released Future Spective, but essentially you can go back and as long as all the metadata in the track is the same um you can release a remastered version of the same track like you can you you can take it you can uh C- cd baby i, I mean I'm, I'm sure that distrokid has um, the same type of functionality but TD Baby itself you can go in and say I want to remove my track from you know this service and this service and this service or you can remove your track from all the services so remove your track from all your services all the services um, not on there anymore use the same metadata with the updated audio file and then I did it on at least one track, and it came like it took like two or three days before it was re-released, and so it keeps the play counts and everything because all that because um, it's all the same iOS and all, and all that.
0: Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. I wondered how that worked. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So you would, when you say you remove it, you mean you completely remove it, wait till it's removed, and then redistribute it?
2: Uh, I don't think I waited till it was till I confirmed that it was removed. I just removed it and then uploaded the new audio it
0: and then yeah okay that's pretty slick that's cool all right well um what i've been up to is just a lot of like really kind of getting into some more uh post-production work um i did i think i had mentioned that i did the MCI or KCI uh, simulation room that they were doing down there for children on the um, and it actually I'm still working on it it's not quite done but it's for children on the spectrum just being able to that's how it initially started it's really for anybody who's never flown but just seeing you know what it feels like what it sounds like to be on a plane and can somebody be on a plane for a couple of hours so I did all the sound design for that and then um, did another simulation room for the Amelia Earhart uh, Museum. So they got like a deep fake going on with that. They brought in an, an actress that did all the VO work for that. Um, and it's gonna have like multiple kiosks and that kind of thing in it. And Atchison, Kansas, which is my girl's hometown. So it had a little special meaning to, to do that. And um, probably, well, and then the other thing that I did was um, Vice Media does like these kind of—I think they call them the informer. Um, you know, they bring people in, they put a mask on them, and they tell their stories. Um, depending on what industry they're a part of, this particular young lady was part of what they call PAGWAN. I think it's PAGWAN, PADWAN, or something like that. But it basically means money school in um, Korea. So she went to South Korea. To teach children English, and it was like a, a huge sham. Uh, <laughs> and anyway, we did the whole uh, we, we did the whole you know project for them, sent it to them, and they did all the editing and everything. And it's up, and it's got like 400,000 views. So that was a pretty cool uh, project that we did. Um, as far as like creative studies and stuff, I'm doing, I'm redoing my uh, Pro Tools certification started that this week so getting through that um they have a, a an atmos uh certification coming down the pipeline later this year so that'll be real fun to get into really do some just learn how to do all that in pro tools and start building out some of these records that we're doing just to see what it would sound like you know, did you like, uh
1: did you check out the mastering for immersive stuff i asked? haven't.
0: I haven't oh, i saved it, it in like three or four different places so that I didn't lose it <laughs> but I haven't had the opportunity to um, there's quite a bit of like pre-study that they wanted us to do for this so sure. that's kind of what my but yeah It'll no I'm too. definitely yeah <laughs> thanks for that man thanks for that
1: well I just I'm so impressed this is I'll, I'll find the thing and put a link in the show notes this is a I think it was a YouTube video or a podcast um, with a, a mastering house, I think it's in California, who have come up with this method for mastering for immersive audio, which is, of course, think about it, it's really difficult, because, I mean, you've got up to, what, like 200 objects, you know, what would be tracks yeah. in an audio mix. They're, they're objects, they can be and I'm using finger quotes anywhere in 3D space
0: and beds, objects and beds.
1: Right. So, right. like, how do you how do you master that when and this house not only figured out a.
0: Only method. simple
1: method for doing it. It will work on multiple, I mean, I know it'll work in Reaper. I'm sure it'll work in other DAWs, too. I don't remember what they use. Any DAW that can link parameters across multiple instances of a plugin will be able to use this method. You can apply this to any DAW that can do that. Not only did they develop this, they just threw it out there on the Internet for free for anyone else to learn how to do. You can roll your own template based on their process, and if you understand their process, which is a little, it's a little tricky 1st but like once you understand what they're doing, it makes complete sense. And once you have your template set up, and make mastering for immersive, essentially a snap. I mean, there's still, all the, I'm not saying artistically easy, but like the technical piece, what? you've got it wired. So smart, and I can't believe they just put the knowledge out there for free
0: very impressive i've I've seen um some of the avid guys have talked about the immersive audio mastering process and they feel like like you said once you've got it figured out they actually think it's easier than than mastering a two-track record you know what i mean so but that's because you know at that point they're dealing with stems they're dealing with a a pretty solid piece of of audio you are right like they're not I don't I don't want it to sound like like everyone else's mixes aren't like polished, but they're dealing with, you know, they're they mastering for Justin Timberlake or somebody like that. So those mixes are coming through pretty tight. But they're saying like they're getting through those immersive audio masters in like half hour. You sure. know what I mean? Well, Which is crazy to
1: me. It is crazy. And another thing that helps with that is that the loudness target is lower, so you're not limiting so much you're not trying to squeeze every bit of loudness
2: yeah I think you gotta go to negative 18 I think that's the recommended plus for for
0: yeah the recommended level to it it would be nice to get a standard out there you know what I mean well
1: I I think in some places negative 18 is kind of standard yeah
0: yeah well, that's good. That's good. <laughs> I feel like that's that's been the, the the issue with audio over the last ten years. It's just like we just didn't have any kind of like set, conform standards. You know what I mean? You know, is that negative eighteen? That's going to be the same way over you know YouTube, Spotify, and and Apple Music. That's great.
1: Well, the the eighteen minus eighteen is for immersive specifically. The the streaming platforms are kind of converging on minus 14 and i think i think that's spotify's default if if you want if you want to geek out on this stuff there's a wonderful podcast called the mastering show that i will link to and they talk about they've been talking about this for years will continue to i'm sure have done a very thorough job of covering it but long story short minus 14 lufs is a about as close as you can come. I think it was standard for audio. Apple is switching to LUFS. Their target is still a little lower, like minus 16 maybe.
0: And you're talking about an immersive?
1: No, so minus 18, I think for immersive, like Nate was saying, and it's covered in the, in the both on the Mastering Show podcast on and on the immersive mastering thing I'm gonna link to there's no across the board standard for music but right. i i think minus 14 is the most common standard
0: yeah minus 14. i think it's one of those things that like you with minus 14 you can get away with it everywhere you know what i mean like your music's not going to sound dry and, and the beauty in it is at, at some point is that you're like i'm not listening to apple music and spotify side by side right right Like once I'm on Apple Music, I'm on Apple Music and everything's kind of the same. And it's going to make the adjustments and the difference for me, no matter what I do. But, anyway.
1: I I did, so to bring it back to the B tape just for a second, I did have a weird one. So the the second to last track is very abstract. There's no drums. It's, It's noisy. It's mostly a sample of my ceiling fan four or four effects and things the algorithm so I've got it set where I liked like it in line with the record. The algorithm thinks that it's 9 DB too quiet so if you listen to the B tape on Spotify you're gonna you might get slammed <laughs> by this track that's like kind of white noise and I don't I, I don't you. know what about it wasn't working for the algorithm but it's it was a massive difference and i mean that's how i'm going to post it because i listen to the files or on bandcamp or something so i want it to sound right there right i don't want to tailor it overly too much for the algorithm so listen on bandcamp yeah that's how i feel
0: about it too (laughs) well we know how i feel about spotify right like oh yeah
1: That was a good update. I don't, is there anything else we want to talk about? or um, I know. There's a lot of stuff
2: coming out from just the three of us and, uh, um, and tangential projects. So um, if you're listening, stay tuned. <laughs> for sure. And a I lot of good we'll- guests coming
1: up, too. I mean, we... Um,
2: yes, yes. Absolutely.
1: We have definitely, we're in the process of booking shows. We have definitely booked uh, Joel from Serene Fiend. Uh, so you'll you'll hear, he has a new record uh, that he's been working on for quite a while, coming out in August. And so the, the podcast uh, will come out in August for that. Uh, Cat King will be appearing in September. Um, excited about that. And uh, much, much, much more to come. Uh, if you have recommendations, you can get at us um, on email, thelongplaylp at gmail.com, or on Instagram or Twitter or any of our uh, yeah. social accounts. Or, or slide
2: into those DMs. <laughs>
1: <laughs> definitely. Definitely slide into the DMs with your recommendations and, and uh, your wish lists. And uh, we'll be... Uh, back at you soon. Hopefully, uh, we think we know who the guest will be uh, when we talk to you next, but not quite confirmed yet, so I won't say it. Um, We should be back at you uh, next week with a guest. It's been the long play listening party. Hey, everybody. And one down. Nice.
0: So you're gonna put, you said music
1: underneath that. Oh yeah, I forgot to say. Hey, it's Howie from the future. I forgot to say I'm gonna put <laughs> s- I'm gonna put some music um, underneath this episode. Uh, the music is going to be a Night Mode album that I released uh, just a few weeks ago. It's called I Could Not Bring Myself to Sing, and it has all three members of Night Mode. Well, it doesn't have the fourth member, my dad. But uh, Damon Marr and Drew Rudebush are both on it. It's centered around, it's five tracks, but two of the tracks are very long and they're tracks that Damon and I made together. So those are the centerpieces. And then there are a couple kind of other other tracks are made to glue it all together. So that will be just bubbling away in the background.